This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, April 2nd, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Policy elites in India are asking the wrong question, says Cato Institute Research Fellow Swami Iyer. Rather than asking how to make rapid GDP growth trickle down to lower-income people, they should be asking how best to improve the business climate for the poor so they can earn their own living and drive that GDP ever higher. GDP had accelerated in India in the last 10 years or so. To earlier it was doing about 5.5 to 6%. In the last 10 it went up to about 8.5% per year. And what people have always asked was, yeah, that's all very well, but was it just a few rich people who benefited? That was the criticism. Well, the latest uh, living standard survey has just come out for fiscal year 2010. It shows there has been a record reduction of poverty. Uh, poverty earlier was falling at the rate of about 0.7 percentage points per year. In these last five years, it fell by 1.5 percentage points per year, almost twice the rate it was falling earlier. So the answer seems to be clear, that the best antidote to poverty is fast GDP growth. And this is, should be expected, at least based upon uh, principles of economics. The people, in order to become more valuable, sometimes need to cast off lower-end tasks to uh, have others do them. Well, this does depend on the distribution of it. Now, for, within India, there are some states that are growing much faster and some states that are growing much slower. Again, there is not a one-to-one correspondence between the states where the growth has necessarily been faster and the poverty has fallen. Overall, it does happen. Uh, so the overall lesson is that there may, in fact, be some countries like Equatorial Guinea, which suddenly becomes very rich because of oil, but it makes no difference to the people because basically it's a small mineral windfall that accrues to a small elite. But if you have a much broader-based economy, like India has or China has or Indonesia has, in those economies, the truth is there is no way you can get fast growth unless the productivity of the bulk of the population is increasing. So it's not a question of the government getting rich and then somehow some money trickling down to the rest of the population. It's the other way around. Rather, the productivity of a significant majority of the population, the productivity of the people goes up, and that adds up to rapid economic growth. Uh, The reason why we say 8.5% growth is remarkable growth is just that. It is very difficult to get that growth unless you simultaneously increase the productivity of millions and millions of people. That's a difficult job to do. But when you get that fast growth, instead of then saying, now how do we make it trickle down? That's the wrong question. The question is that fast growth has trickled up. So how many people are we talking about in India? In five years at the rate of poverty reduction, uh, if you say how many people of the absolute uh, absolute terms are below the poverty line, that has decreased by about 52 million people. To decrease poverty by 52 million in five years, it is virtually as good as China's reduction of 200 million people over uh, 20 years. So, I mean, it's a very, very substantial improvement, a very substantial jump. In world history, there are not that many episodes. India had great success in, in recent years with uh, deregulating large, like, tech sectors, uh, uh, but the those in the of the poorest of the poor did not have their uh, sectors deregulated effectively. That is certainly one of the problems. Uh, there has been de- some deregulation, but uh, without question, if you say that you have deregulated things like the exchange rate or industrial licensing, this benefits the big boys. 
But when it comes to getting an elementary thing like license to open a shop, license for a construction, uh, elementary things like uh, will, the, will the government license me to get a chemist's shop, these things are enormously difficult and full of bribes. So the truth is that there has been much more deregulation for the bigger boys. Or shall we say the bigger boys are able to manage what remaining rules and controls there are. It's much more difficult for the small people. And that's one reason we have not grown fast enough. That is also one reason why some states are lagging behind others. Are there particular success stories in some of these states in terms of of getting at that deregulation? Because there are obviously some huge problems with when you're the when half of your population is uh, beneficiaries of bribes yeah. and the other half uh, must pay them. To say, just look at deregulation is difficult because governments rarely do only one thing. When governments do something, they're doing a whole bunch of things together. So the states that have done well, partly it's deregulation, but partly it's a better improvement of governance quality in general. All government services improve. Uh, there tends to be less corruption. Uh, if the chief minister is really serious, that, for instance, the, the, the rationed food system is going to work properly. It will work if he really puts his full attention there. If he puts his full attention on saying that, you know, do we see that law and order improves and all those thugs are put in jail so that guys can get on with their own businesses and don't have to keep paying off the mafia. There's the one state of Bihar where under the Arms Act, the chief minister managed to put 38,000 prominent thugs in jail. Till then, it was dangerous to think of starting an industry. If you so much as applied for a license to build a house, there'd be a ransom note at your house by the evening. But by putting 38,000 guys in jail, he lifted that pall of fear. It's not what you would call classic deregulation, but it is what you would call improving the investment climate. <laughs> and that made a big difference. So I said, it's not just deregulation. It's all these other things. In Narendra Modi and Gujarat has cracked down on corruption. Now, it's a very dangerous thing to do because if you crack down on the civil service, normally they act against you and your re-election prospects are affected. But in that state, he was willing to act against corrupt bureaucrats. That greatly improved the investment climate there. So it's a mix of these various things. At the end of it, it isn't just changing the rules. It is changing the grassroots reality. So there are some places where they've changed the rules, but the grassroots reality has not changed. And there the deregulation fails. Swami Iyer is a research fellow at the Cato Institute and author of the Swaminomics column in the Times of India. You can read more of his work at cato.org.